Welcome back to the Dreamlit Podcast. For today's episode, we'll be focused on the topic of change and sharing our personal stories relating to change. And for today's guest, we have my friend, Christine. Hi, guys. As Scott mentioned, I am his friend. We have been doing podcasting slash recording for quite some time now, I think, um, at the start of COVID, maybe, or a little bit yep, pre-COVID. Yep. So I've had a little bit of experience here and there. So... These stories that we're going to share, a lot of them are personal, and that's where I'm going to start off, like with just like two very personal stories. And the first one is a topic I've discussed a good amount on my channel, but just like sparingly, not really like in depth. So that would be the divorce of my parents and moving, like it sort of happened at the same time. For this story, I feel like I'm sharing it mainly because it was a really big sort of pivot point in my life where... At first, I felt like everything was like a lot better. And then after moving and then my parents divorced, like everything in my family felt like super chaotic. But for this story, basically when I was in eighth grade or seventh grade, um, I moved. And during that move, my parents would fight like almost every single day. And essentially at the end of eighth grade, like the divorce was officially like done and then from then on, I, I hardly like saw my dad. And I felt a lot of like confusion from all of it, mainly because like I was still pretty young and I still cared a lot about my dad. It's hard to describe like father figures, I guess. But to me, like everything that he said, I would listen to. And like, like he told me to do pushups at some point. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like try to do a lot of pushups. And that's why I'm like into calisthenics. That's <laughs> like, a weird a thing to remember. <laughs> As a kid, I was like always trying to like follow along with my dad or like whatever his values were, it turned into my values, you know? Like he would always talk about martial arts and like doing the horse stance with a fire underneath his butt, stuff like that. It's <laughs> it's like and and now I'm like super into like watching martial arts stuff. It's interesting to just look back to see how I turned out because of the things that he mentioned back then. Mm-hmm. And I still remember a lot of th- the things he's he's told me, but after the whole like divorce, essentially, I was sort of like the one that would protect my dad the most, even though clearly he did something wrong. Like the reason that they divorced was be- was because he cheated. And my mom obviously like was extremely sad from that. And that's why the d- divorce happened. And but for me, I didn't really understand the full implications of everything. So um, after the divorce happened, I was just like confused. And then one day I just heard my mom like crying um it was in high school and i it was at night and i was just like all of a sudden a wave of like sadness just hit me and i was just like i started bursting out crying because like i felt like it was all my fault because at some point my dad asked me um like is it okay for me to go he he told me he would stay if i asked him to stay or if like he can be happy and i told him that i want him to be happy so after that moment like i felt like it was my responsibility or like it was on me for why my dad left. Um, but obviously looking back now as an adult, I'm like, you should never ask a kid that, you know? It, <laughs> it, you should it, you should have never asked like a freaking eighth grader, like whether or not, like this is not on, on that eighth grader. It should be on you to take responsibility and make the decisions. Yeah, it's a life altering decision. And yeah, and I think no matter what I said, he would have done whatever he wanted to. With her. Um, all it did was sort of make me hate myself for like a really long time. 
like throughout high school and a little bit of college. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that I don't know. It's it's hard to say like what exactly that changed in me, but for sure it made life very difficult at times,、um, especially my relationship with my family, because my sister hated my dad, so we would always fight about it, and then me and my mom would sometimes fight as well, like about that topic, and it was just a lot of fighting in my family, like all the time. After the divorce, versus before, it was just mainly my my mom and my dad fighting all the time, which is still bad. But <laughs> yeah,、um, but I I feel like for me the moral of the story is like that all of that adversity that me and my sister experienced sort of like shaped us to be like stronger people, more empathetic people,、um, and just like being able to understand that our decisions back then and who we were back then. They were shaped by a lot of like poor decisions that our parents made, primarily my dad, and a lot of the anger and like things that we did that weren't that great. It it wasn't like necessarily like our fault. Yeah,、so、definitely. Yeah, that's just a big sort of like thing from that. I, I definitely stumbled in the beginning for this story, but like I'm just trying to like generalize it so that it can be done quickly. But do you have any questions about that story? I guess. Not necessarily questions, but I do want to kind of emphasize the part where you learned that it is not your fault. So you know, for those of you who are listening and you are going through a divorce within your family, no matter what age you are, I don't think that it is your fault. It's between two people. It's between their relationship、mm-hmm. and how they kind of figure it out. And sad to say, but like. Children, sons, daughters—you know—that's kind of like a casualty of war in that kind of aspect. Yeah, it's tough. I've never been through a divorce within my family. I've seen it happen. Same、mm-hmm. thing as you, where it was my relatives,、uh, my aunt and uncle,、uh, who my uncle who cheated, or actually it was the other way around. My aunt who cheated, and it created a whole divide. Throughout the entire family, family.、Um, yeah. and so it wasn't just the primary family that was suffering; it was the entire、um, family, like cousins, other aunts and uncles,、um, who it was almost like people had to choose sides. Like you know how you explained you were on the side of your dad, and your sister was on the side of your mom a little bit. It was the same thing for、um, our family. And it was—I had no idea that was going on. I was a kid.、Um, yeah. All yeah. of a sudden, it was like, "Oh, we're not gonna go to、um, your uncle's house today." And I would be like, "Why?、Um, I love to hang out with my cousin, right? We're we're like peas in a pods to this day." Yeah.、Um, and we were like that back then because we were of the same age and we really only had each other. Um, so I had no idea what was going on,、uh, and there was no explanation really to me as a kid. And I'm not really sure how you would even explain that to a child either.、Um, but you're right; none of that、uh, decision about like a parent moving on, choosing their happiness, should be thrown on the child. But also, how do you explain a divorce to a child?、Um, yeah, I. I mean, like, I feel like, I feel like I understood like that. Obviously, they were going to be separated, right?、Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like at the point you're in seventh, 
or sixth grade, you, you have a decent understanding of the world in terms of like, um, this person is my dad, this person is, person is my mom. Like they're not, they're planning on not um, living together or like they're like something happened. Yeah, that's like middle school, right? Yeah, that's middle school. Okay, yeah. yeah for me, it was like elementary. I was, I think I was in second grade or something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, that's that's way younger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just to clarify, I I was never really on his side. It was more so I was trying to be neutral about the situation, or at least like not hate anyone, or not like. I guess I just didn't like that my sister hated him, but it, now as an adult, I'm like, I totally understand. Like, mm-hmm. I totally understand, and yeah, I I definitely felt like me back then still didn't fully understand everything. And that's um, even though I was in seventh grade, but there's just so much that you don't really truly understand until you're older. And I hate, I, I hated that saying when I was a kid too. I was just like, Oh, you'll understand when you're older, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but yeah. why can't I understand now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. There's a lot that I've reflected on too in the past. And I'll talk about it that now I kind of understand why my parents did what they did or, or like why I thought the way that I thought. But I mean, what's life without regret? <laughs> well, maybe a more positive way to put it is like, what's life without like learning from a little bit of pain, a little bit of loss? You yeah, know? that's a that's a way more eloquent and <laughs> positive way to put it. I'm not negative, yeah. guys, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> or a whole lot of pain and loss. But like I said, back then I was like extremely upset and sad about the whole situation. I was a very, very, very angry kid. And I think a lot of it came from my parents, for sure, mm-hmm. and my dad. Because he always yelled at my mom. He, uh, you know, we're both Asian, so it's like we've done, I'm pretty sure we've done the, the whole kneeling and like they're, them hitting us with a hanger yeah. or belt or something. And I took that out on anyone and everyone. I was definitely a bully to my my cousins when they were wow yeah i'm you're totally 360 now scott (laughs) (laughs) well this episode's about change so (laughs) and and it's i do feel very very much like different from back then when i was angry all the time and now i'm like super like i try to be as like positive and like objective about like viewing certain things as possible okay so how do you think you know, that experience kind of shaped um, your views on relationships and, you know, your past Hmm. relationships. Well, (laughs) in terms of past relationships, which is another story I did want to mention at some point, it was like, I felt like it first made my relationships or at least romantic relationships very, very bad. (laughs) Like me seeing how my parents sort of interacted it didn't help with shaping how I saw relationships because I felt abandoned my, by my father, essentially. <clears throat> so my first sort of real relationship in high school, like one, she tried to like break up with me. I basically begged her to stay and she stayed with me because <laughs> I, be- I begged her. <laughs> so for a long time, we stayed together and it, it basically became a very toxic relationship. But at a certain point... Um, we we just completely stopped talking. This was like after we broke up and we were still like good friends, but it was still somewhat toxic. So we just completely stopped talking. It was mainly her decision, but I think it was like 
a good decision made by her. I don't hold anything against her. I still think she's like a good friend and like a great person. It's just we weren't good for each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. So after we stopped talking is when I felt like my relationships and my um, my platonic relationships and my friendships um, and my family social life became a whole lot better. Not all of it was better because we stopped talking, but a lot of it became better because I felt like I didn't depend on her anymore or I didn't, I had no choice but to fill the void with like trying to go out, having a social life, like talking to other people, trying to sort of see more people and understand them versus just like always going back to the single person and relying on them for everything. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like putting all my emotional sort of baggage on that one person. And it was like really, really not good. And this was like after college finished, right yeah. after college finished. So I think they're definitely tied together, but those are like two important stories that helped me change in a lot of ways. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the only kind of like muse or not even muse, like we look up to our parents, right? And that was the sort of relationship they had. And mm -hmm. I can see or agree that, you know, it definitely impacted your future relationships because you're probably in the mindset of like, I don't want whatever happened to my parents to ever happen to me. And you're always like anxious or like trying to not emulate that that relationship that it probably affected your relationship yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, I think you might know this, but the reason I don't drink is because of my dad. It's uh -huh. because he would always come home drunk every day when I was a kid and yell at my mom and break stuff. And because of that, me and my sister told each other we would never drink. I have kept that up to this day and I probably will for the rest of my life. I know obviously as an adult now, because <laughs> we made that vow or promise as a kid, I know as an adult, it's like, you know, drinking doesn't have to be that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but my sister, she didn't keep it, which is totally fine, I understand, you know? Mm -hmm. We interpret it in different ways. For her, it's like, she's not gonna let that um, stop her from having fun and doing whatever she wants. And for me, it's more like, I wanna keep that promise because I don't want to ever be like my dad. Yeah, yay for generational trauma. <laughs> <laughs> um, but to clarify, I do like occasionally still see my dad like once every few months um, mm -hmm. just to say hi and like my half sister as well, like just, just to like see her. And I don't know, she's she's pretty young right now. Just trying to be a positive influence for her just because I know like my dad is still similar. Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm like, I don't want her to go through the same thing, but it's 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 tough. I'm not like her parents, so it's it's hard. Yeah, and that it's not like, I don't want to say it's not your responsibility, but you're just watching out for her. Yeah. And that's good. Um, I think it's, I mean, as siblings, you really only have each other because you really are the only people that understand what the other person is going through. And I think that's one of, um, the bonds that you kind of build yeah. with your siblings that you can't ever build with anyone else. Yeah, I, I definitely think after my sister moved out for college, like before that we fought almost every day. Um, but after she moved out, things cooled down. And eventually as adults, we understand like what we went through. Like for a long time she resisted. Like she said, oh, like, cause we're three years apart, she's older. She was just like, no, we did not go through the same thing. But for the longest time, like, I kept telling her, you know, like, the best person that can understand the situation that you went through as 
as a kid is me because like I was there yeah, <laughs> uh, experiencing the same thing. Sure, we interpret it in different ways and sure we did experience it in different ways, but the events still happen in the same ways for us, you know? Yeah. So she, I think she's definitely accepted that a lot more and we're a lot closer now. Like we don't fight all the time. We still occasionally fight, but it's <laughs> it's less about that stuff and more so just like- Sibling drama. Yeah, our personalities <laughs> clashing. No, I get it. That is my um, my sister and my brother. I have one sister and one brother, both older than me. Um, my sister is seven years older than me, and oh, my brother is six years older. So I'm that's the That's a baby. significant, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we definitely did not see eye to eye on anything. I, I totally understand sibling rivalry, sibling like fights. But now that we're older, I am... I'm much, much more closer to my sister and my brother than ever before. And I think it's because we've, we've connected on a, you know, a different level and we understand what we've gone through in the past and yeah. kind of understand the mindset of my parents. But yeah, I think, I think that's a good segue into my first story. Sure. Um, it's about death and, you know, how that kind of changes us, especially me, and my perspective on life and just similar to yours, like relationships in general. The death that I wanted to talk about is the death of my father. He died when I was in my first year of college. Um, mm. So definitely life altering for me. It was a huge change after moving from high school to college. You know, college was this thing that every high schooler kind of dreamed about like what is this experience what is it going to be like and during that first year when my dad passed away or actually let me backtrack let me talk about sort of the um relationship that i had with my dad so uh similar to your dad my dad cheated on my mom uh multiple times uh mm -hmm. it was something that i found out i don't think my mom knew at first, but I was like snooping through, you know, whoa. what was that? Oh, you said, whoa. Yeah, how did yeah, that happen? I, it was something, <laughs> I was snooping through my dad's phone. Like I had an inkling, like, you know, as a kid, you uh, kind of like see like changes in your parents' behavior. And well, you're a smart kid because I, I never <laughs> really noticed anything. <laughs> well, I, I was always on the side of my mom um, because I kind of had this sort of, resentment for my dad and I didn't understand it as a child because he was always working right he was always mm -hmm. providing for the family but my mom was always providing for the health of us like the mental health of us and whatnot she mm -hmm. was the caregiver at home she was the one taking care of us so I was yeah. like why are you out all the time like how come you're not spending time with family how come you're not treating my mom the way I want you to treat her that's very um, similar that's very similar. Yeah, so it was it was something like that. So I'm just like, well, I'm going to snoop on your phone. I'm going to see what's going on and what you're doing with your life outside of home. And that's when I sort of, well, not sort of, I found these text messages and whatnot to different women. And I confronted my dad because I'm like, what the heck? I think at that point, I didn't tell my mom anything. I'm just How like- How old were you? How old were you then? This was when I was in high school. Um, okay, okay. 
So not an elementary school, uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah okay. Uh, that, that makes more sense. Yes. I was imagining you in middle school or something like that. No, and, and of course, you know, as kids, I think we're teaching our parents how to use technology, right? So yeah. we kind of have more knowledge of technology than they do. Um, yeah. So I think I had that to my advantage. Um, so I confronted my dad, like, what the heck are, was going on? Do you know, like what you're doing to this family like how could you do this sort mm -hmm. of thing like i think you know whatever you see in the movies is kind of like the way i reacted and mm. i've had a lot of resentment because of that like i was the one that found that and i think my mom knew too um an inkling and she found out i don't remember um if it was like my dad that had told her or like one of my siblings that broke it to her but it definitely caused a rift in my family and for a very long time i had that resentment and during high school there was a big change in our family dynamic because my dad had this past injury he fell down the subway stairs in new york when he was uh oh, going to pharmacy school there and that was a long time ago i want to say like over a decade um before all of this happened right and I think he fell down again and it just kind of triggered that injury and he had to get surgery for it. So at this point in time, my dad is kind of paralyzed from the waist down. He couldn't really walk. He had to use a walker. He was going through physical therapy. And I think my mom felt kind of a sense of loss, like oh, my husband, like, you know, cheated on me and whatnot. And I had have this responsibility to take care of him and my children because he's still providing for my family and he's in this physical state where he can't even take care of himself and i also resented my dad for that too for being for not being able to walk for kind of like not improving our lives um mm -hmm. and kind of making us or like forcing us to take care of him and I realize now that that is a very jaded way to think about it, too. Um, yeah. But, you know, as a teen, like, that was, like, my teen angst. And, like, I just really hated my dad at that point. Yeah, I, I mean, to be fair, like, even if it wasn't teen angst, I could still understand why you would still resent him for, you know, cheating. And then just the way you grew up, like, seeing him not be around, that it makes sense. Yeah. And I think... After his injury, he, I mean, he was forced to kind of stay home mm -hmm. because he couldn't, he wasn't really mobile anymore, so to speak. Like, he could walk, but it was very painful for him and very slow. And even then, like, I kind of, I still caught him, like, talking to these other women. And I didn't understand it. I didn't know why. I was like, hey, you have us. Why are you still doing this? Like, mom is still home. Um, and whatnot. And I didn't realize until now that it was because he was lonely. He really wanted someone to talk to and he didn't get that affection from us because one, I hated him. I didn't want to talk to him. Mm -hmm. um, so I spent every time I could get away from the house. I would spend it with friends. I would not spend it at home because I didn't want to be in that environment. I didn't want to see him at all. And I remember... Um, very vividly, uh, there was this one point in time I was taking a shower um, and 
I remember thinking like, what if my dad died? Um, like, what if, like, how would I feel, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just shower thoughts. And I went about yeah. my day. And I, you know, went and played board games with my friends at my friend's house. And then later on in the night, I got this call from my cousin from Canada. He was staying with us at the time, helping my mom and us mm-hmm. take care of my dad. And he's like, you need to come home right away. Your dad isn't breathing. And I was like, what? He's like, yes, he's black. Like his face is black. His lips are black. You need to come home. And I was like, okay, what the heck? So I came home. He wasn't breathing. Um, we called 911. The paramedics came and they were doing CPR on him. And I was getting ready to go to the hospital because I was like, okay, like we have to get ready to take care of him. And a week or two before this, I remember going to the mall with my dad. I was I was trying to kind of reconcile my mm-hmm. relationship with him. And I remember going to the mall with my dad because I was just like, hey, we should go on a walk. We should spend some time together. He was like, okay, like we did. We went to the mall and I remember he uh, he really had to use the restroom and because he couldn't walk, he had to wear diapers and he ended up like pooping himself and mm. he was really ashamed to like be out with me and and have that happen to him because he was only like 50 something and I was mm-hmm. like, dad, like it's okay this this is normal like you have something going on with your physical uh health and it's okay that you're going through this and i remember talking that through with him yeah and i'm sorry this is like getting to me emotionally a little bit no worries um so let me take a take a breath really quick no, no problem so i remember coming home that day trying to go to the hospital but that didn't happen because he ended up passing away. And now, like a decade later, this happened in 2013. So a decade later, I just feel like a sense of regret for hating him so much. But realizing that my dad was only trying to provide for the family and trying to... <clears throat> All right, let me take another deep breath. <laughs> no worries, no worries. I did not picture this story going this way, by the way. <laughs> I'm really glad that you can share it with us. Okay, I'm going to take a drink of water too. Take your time. So now a decade later, I realize, you know, a lot of his time that the reason why he spent, you know, all this time outside of the house because... He was trying to prov- provide for our family. We we immigrated here. He went and was he was a refugee of the Vietnam War and whatnot. And we were sponsored to come to America. So he really was just trying to provide for the family. He was the only he was the breadwinner, so to speak. My mom mm-hmm. um, did have a job, but her main job was to take care of us. So. You know, thinking back on it now, I have a sense of regret of not understanding my dad. Um, I don't resent him for the things that he did. I'm sad about, you know, the way that it kind of unfolded. I think, you know, maybe it would have been better had we spent more time with him, had we really talked about, 
you know, what had happened and why I felt this way. Mm. And just to give a little bit of context too, my siblings, my sister, she was in New York. So she wasn't really there for some of the events. My brother, mm. he was working on his business. So I felt sort of alone in I that see. sense. And I wanted to move away to go to college in a different state because like I said, at that time, I didn't want to be home. I didn't want to be in that environment. But I yeah. chose to stay because I wanted to, you know, help out with the family business. I wanted to help my mom take care of my dad. So I did feel a little bit alone because I felt like I chose my family over myself um, yeah. at that time. And now looking back again, there are things that I've learned. There are things that I feel like I could have done differently in terms of like a learning takeaway, I think is to really not take anything for granted. I think now I definitely tell people the way I feel when I feel it. That's if good. my emotional state will let me, will allow me to do that because I don't want to go into, you know, a conversation having my emotions lead me throughout that yeah, conversation. Yeah. So I do try to go at it with a sense of rationale, right? But I also want to nip anything in the bud um, or at least just say my piece so that I won't regret it in the future, won't regret not being able to tell someone how I feel or tell someone like, you know, you know, this made me feel this way, a certain way or yeah. whatnot. Um, so that is definitely a learning piece. And for sure to value um, relationships even through the bad because I am so grateful for what my dad had sacrificed for our family now that you know I can understand it a little bit better and my mindset you know as just being someone who graduated high school uh, I was still developing and I didn't know what to do um, so I kind of yeah. just threw myself into my studies and whoever was around me. That, that was yeah. pretty much it. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I remember you've talked about it before, but not in this much detail. So yeah, there's still, you know, there's still a lot to unpack. Uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but that that was definitely very like insightful. And there's a lot of lessons in that I feel another lesson can be like, even though someone is doing something like that you view as like incorrect and wrong, it might not necessarily be their intention for it to be like bad or evil or whatever. It's it's just sort of like them feeling they want something that they currently don't have. Yeah. Um, in terms of like the your dad feeling lonely and stuff like that. Not that it's justification for cheating, but it's just, it's still good to try to understand someone even if what they're doing is not good. Yeah, I think it was definitely a cry for help um, because I'm sure my dad felt the way I felt as in like my resentment towards him because, uh, you know, as a kid, you kind of make it known. Um, yeah, you don't yeah. really hide it. So I think, you know, when whenever I confronted him about the cheating and like the constant cheating and why you would still be doing this. Um, he would say like, I've never met with these women. We've never done anything. And it's just, and he would say, you know, I just want to talk to someone. And I didn't really put two and two together at the time. I feel like emotionally or mentally, 
I was not really equipped to handle that. I didn't understand it because mm, um, yeah. I still was just like, well, it doesn't matter. You could talk to us, you know, but how could he when we don't want to talk to him? That's true. That's true. So, yeah, it was there's definitely a lot of learning lessons. And I think it, it is really, really hard to navigate that when you're a child. And if because I still view myself as a child back then, but, you know, Maybe we should have gone to therapy, but as Asians, um, I don't know if you have experienced a similar thing. Like therapy is not really a thing for us. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the older generation still makes fun of it. Um, yeah, like mental health—that's not a thing. <laughs> you yeah, just kind of power they, through it. But everyone has their own perspective, and even if they don't understand it, at, at the very least, hopefully, they can understand that whatever we're trying to do, it's it's for. Like us to get help by because of the trauma that you've put us through. <laughs> <laughs> Generational yeah. trauma is a thing, guys, and I am an advocate of therapy and believe that you know any type of therapy uh, works, whether it be journaling or talking to someone or um, you know other types of therapy that I don't even know yeah. about. Yeah, I feel like um, when you say generational trauma, it reminds me of like everything everywhere all at once. And how, I cried like... <laughs> in that movie. <laughs> it was definitely a really great movie. I I, I was like almost in the verge of crying uh, just because just there's so many like great things about it. But that the trauma thing is, is definitely a big thing. And the whole like divorce thing too mm -hmm. was, was another thing that was like getting to me. But it was, it was just, um, I suppose if you don't like, have never experienced it like i'm happy for you if you've never experienced it <laughs> but at the same time like hopefully these stories and maybe that movie can help with sort of understanding that that it does exist yeah and really just cherish the people around you i know some situations can be really shitty and in the moment you hate them or hate the situation but you know once a person is gone even if you want to reconcile with that person it's it's too late but you could always you know do better yeah. with your current relationships and that's kind of the way i see it yeah i've said this before but i'm sorry that all happened and that you can't reconcile and stuff I, but i'm glad that you've your takeaway from the whole experience is like very positive overall yeah for sure it it definitely it's so hard you know a death changes the way you see life so i don't i don't know if you know, I think the only people that can understand are the people that have lost someone um, mm -hmm. and they realize, you know, how short life really is. And it's okay, you know. I don't think you can ever truly have a zero regrets uh, with anybody because I feel like even throughout life and throughout the years, you're still learning, you're still improving. You can never be a perfect person, um, mm. but you could try you could be the best that you can be and you'll have yeah. your ups and downs and you know you'll have bad and good days but the only thing that you can really do is try yeah do you feel like your relationship with your family like your immediate family was positively affected by that or negative negatively affected by that in certain ways it um is very interesting because I think overall it's it's positive. At that time when my dad passed away, my cousin, he was on meth. Um, mm. And 
my dad was the one who would look after him and he found out that my cousin was doing drugs and he was the one that kind of got my cousin to snap out of it and think about his life and whatnot and when my dad passed away my cousin vowed to never do drugs again and he's pretty much like a brother to us because he was living with us too this is different than the cousin uh from canada by the way and i think that that definitely positively changed um my cousin because my dad like basically saved his life you know his death saved his life and for the rest of my family my sister and my brother we immediately got closer one of the things that helped us get closer too is like you know my family's business i sort of had to take up the mantle to run um, my family's pharmacy. And my brother, he was still, he was doing a restaurant business. And my sister was still, you know, in college, uh, pharmacy school, actually in New York. Mm. So it got us closer because we kind of had to struggle together after that and provide for our family. Interestingly enough, my mom became a monk after that. So... Oh, that, so that's why. Yeah, that was a big change in my life. And I actually had a different story prepared for um, for change. But I think I kind of want to talk about this one because I think it was yeah, it's a yeah. good segue. Because I'm not sure a lot of people have had this experience in their life. And I think it is an interesting sort of tidbit about myself. Um So after my dad's death, uh, I don't know if you guys do this too, Scott, because I know we're both um, Chinese and Cantonese. And Mm -hmm. um, after a death, you kind of do this thing where you're a vegetarian for 49 days. So you don't... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. um, I don't know. I I think it's super traditional, but it's it's so that, you know, you don't take a life after a life Uh, is gone. Yeah, Um, I know know my, my cousin did a thing where like you don't visit anyone for like 30 days after like an immediate family member dies oh, or something. I don't do yeah. that actually. Um or yeah. I I haven't heard of that. But yeah, maybe different traditions in different parts. Yeah. But yeah, so we did 49 days of vegetarianism or we were vegetarians for 49 days and my mm-hmm. mom kind of kept it up, but I think she found solace in um the temple in that religion in in buddhism and i think leading up to those events uh my mom kind of isolated herself like she didn't really speak to friends um because she was at home taking care of my dad and taking care of us she didn't have time to really take care of herself so Mm. she kind of isolated herself and she didn't really keep up with her friends anymore so when Um, my dad died she kind of threw herself into buddhism and then she did find solace in it and you know my siblings and i we were kind of like you know whatever makes her happy whatever makes her feel better we'll let her do because who are we to stop her from it from it who are we to take away something that's you know taking away her pain um everybody kind of deals with it on their own a different way and if she finds relief in religion, then, you know, so be it. And then as she progressed in that, she got really deep into the religion and decided to become a monk and, you know, ended up shaving her head. She 
became close with the other monks in the temple, and she is now really devout, right? She still lives mm-hmm. at home, um, but she does go to the temple. Like, she devotes her life to the temple and to helping other people. And it's a it's a big change in my life because one of the things that they teach is that you need to let go of all emotional attachment. And that mm-hmm. includes attachment to, you know, your family and, mm. you know, your your sons, your daughters, like they can pretty much no longer be your family. Um, Whoa, that seems kind of extreme. Yeah, it's it is definitely extreme. Um, but I think there's it's it's difficult because I'm not I'm not a devout Buddhist. Um, I don't practice the religion as much as my mom does. Mm. I do believe in karma and and just be a good person. The, yeah, the teachings. Yeah, exactly. I just I I do believe in that, but. There's so many different aspects of Buddhism, just like there are so many different aspects of Christianity and Catholicism, and they all teach different things and they all have different values, right? Um, But the one that I guess my mom is in, it's more like you shouldn't have any emotional attachment because you need to reach this certain point of enlightenment um, in order to be the highest point of yourself and and to be that light for other people and there's that whole reincarnation aspect to it too that is very high in regards in buddhism and that's you know what my mom is trying to reach and it's almost like repentment as well Mm, um i see so it's definitely a big change because i feel like my mom is trying to let go of her emotional attachments to us. But at the same time, it's hard because she lives with us, right? And how do you let go of someone you've raised for 20-something years? Have you ever fought with her about that sort of teaching? Because it seems very like, I don't know, there's something wrong about it, in in my opinion. I've definitely have had conversations with her about it. Uh, But me and my siblings, we all know that she will never let us go (laughs) right 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 um especially because my sister now has two sons um and my sister brings them over for my mom to watch and you know one of the things that a parent wants in their life are grandchildren um Mm -hmm. and every time my mom says like oh i don't want to watch them like or oh like they're bothering me uh there are other moments in our lives where she's taking care of the kids and she's like laughing and she's having fun that we see. That's good. I don't, I think maybe morally, like we should probably let her do what she wants, but then also like, how can we let go of our attachment with our mom? So it's, right. it's, it's a struggle, you know, like we want her to yeah. be happy. We want her to go down this path of Buddhism if she wants to do it, but also we still want our mom. Um, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, that, that does sound like a struggle. Yeah, yeah. I'm not really sure what the takeaway from this is. There's <laughs> definitely a lot of takeaways. I entered this conversation with the intention of like having the takeaways be the main thing, but it's almost as if the story itself is, is the main thing where like the takeaway is essentially whatever you want it to be our own interpretations of our events in our lives, as well as like, just there's also just so many like each moment each event each different action everyone takes like it can be there's a lesson in it 
I feel like for that story that you just told, like for your mom, it's it's more of like a change story for her. And it's very interesting how all of that came about. Because I know you talk about it sometimes, but I didn't know that it was caused by your dad's death. Yeah, that um, was definitely the catalyst to her path to Buddhism. It's, it's pretty crazy because I don't know, I can't connect to anybody else that has gone through the same thing. I don't know anybody else who yeah. whose parent is a monk, you know, like yeah. that's that's rare um in that my opinion. Rare. And I don't know anyone else either. So Yeah, and the whole like my my grandma was a monk though. Oh, okay. Um, or she she at least always like went to the temple like almost like every day. She didn't have her head shaved or anything, so maybe she wasn't a full monk. But she, <laughs> <laughs> maybe she was just a really, really like hardcore Buddhist, but not a monk. Yeah, I think because my mom's like there at the temples, leading the chants and leading gotcha, the prayers. Gotcha. Um, yeah, and my whatnot. mom's also Buddhist, but for me personally, I don't really. I feel like I don't really practice the Buddhist stuff. I've went to the temples and done the prayers and stuff, mm -hmm. but. I've, I've never really understood what was going on. I just kind of like did it because I was a kid, you know? Same. I don't even understand like, you know, what what it means. Like, why do we have three incense each time we light an incense? Uh, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or like why we do the whole like, like the kowtow thing where we like just yeah. hold our hands together and like sort of just bump the the stool or something. Yeah. And also, I guess maybe like, the whole emotional aspect, the whole like detaching yourself from your kids and, you know, reaching that enlightenment. I don't want to grieve another parent who is still alive. Um, so right, I think right. that's also why it's hard to let go. But yeah. And thank you for sharing that story too. Yeah, of course. I feel like your stories are very, very insightful. So <laughs> I, I'm so, I'm super glad because like the other stories that I was going to mention was just like, talking about like youtube related things and and like different sort of like philosophies that i've been adapting lately but i feel like that can be saved for a different time because because <laughs> it doesn't relate at all to like what we've talked about catch us in part two guys youtube change <laughs> <laughs> yeah but but definitely like thank you so much for coming on and sharing these stories i definitely feel like on both sides there's a lot more to unpack from these stories but for now, I, I'm happy that we got to share a lot of our personal stories that helped change us and shape us in a positive way. Yeah. And, you know, for those of you who are listening, who have questions, at least for my story or who's going through something similar like a death or, you know, trying to go through life, like feel free if you have any questions, feel free to drop them down. I'm more than happy to answer that or just help in any way that I can, because I've been there. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And same with me. If you have any like concerns or questions about like divorce or just like relationship stuff, yeah, feel free to let me know and I'll do my best to answer you guys in the comments. But for now, if you guys enjoyed this discussion between me and Christine, go ahead and give this video a like and subscribe and we'll catch you guys in the next one.